Alright everybody, welcome to Sunday night service. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Yes, alright. Well we are going to have a phenomenal time. We are going to be uh, having baptisms for the first time ever on Sunday nights. And so we are super excited about this. Uh, we had to baptize seven or eight people this morning. Going to baptize two more tonight. Two sisters, all right? So come on, it's pretty cool. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful service. We are super excited, all right? Well, let's go ahead and stand up together. We're going to do what we always do and open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, and we can clearly see that our faith is making a difference, and so we thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen? Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. Well, let's go ahead and we are going to go over a few announcements uh, tonight. So first of all, again, tonight uh, we are going to be having water baptisms at the end of the service. Now, I know that some people saw that it was 107 degrees today. And they're like, how cold is that water? Because I think I could use an extra dunk. But you know what? Hey, your heart better be right. Okay. All right. Uh, But what we do have going on is... um, I don't know if Pastor Katie needs to talk about this, but uh, if you are, you want to talk about the young adult singles deal? Because I don't know about that, because I'm not a young adult and I am not single, right? I hooked this great one right here, all right? Well, praise God. So some of our young adults and young being a variable term, knowing that I am past 30, okay? So if you are single... And you do not qualify for AARP yet. You qualify for this. Okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so The Rock has a singles night that is a service. Oh, let me rewind. The Rock is a church in San Bernardino. A very large church. We're friends with the senior pastors there. Love them dearly. It's an amazing place that preaches the word of God and lives righteous. And so we're cool sending you there. So we do different events that they do. We'll follow, you know, a group down there. So our young adults, singles, if you would like to sign up to go to their singles young adult thing, it is this Friday. So a bunch of people were just asking about it. I'm like, oh, you guys should go. And they're like, oh, can we just take everybody? Sure, you can take everybody. So we just need your name and phone number at the info booth before you leave. And we'll get you some information tomorrow. Okay? All right. All right. Very good. So take advantage of that opportunity. Also, men, we do have men's meeting this Saturday at 9 a.m. Yep. Amen. Now we know it's kind of a holiday weekend, but we said, let's still do this thing. So Saturday, 9 a.m. in Victory Hall, uh, we're going to have breakfast and of course, Bible study together. So make sure you come on out for that. It's going to be awesome. And then uh, the youth group summer trip 
is coming up. It's going to be Sunday, July 10th. Yeah? All right. Through Wednesday the 13th, uh, we're taking them to St. George, Utah, and uh, they're going to have a really awesome time. Uh, we've got a place that they like to go to there. So anyway, uh, we're taking the teenagers over there for those dates. So pretty much after every service, um, we're they're doing little fundraisers, selling popsicles and ice cream and stuff. So you'll see them out there doing that, but that's just helping them to go on their trip. All right, um, membership class is coming up. Miss Kathy, can we get that passed around up here? Uh, so membership class is going to be coming up Sunday night, July 17th from 4 to 7 p.m. And so uh, this is your chance if you're like, you know what? Hey, uh, High Desert Word Center is my church. Well, then we would love to have you become an official member of the church. And so what we do is we take, um, we do a, a class that night. I'll be the one teaching it from 4 to 7. And what we do is we explain some of our church history and, and our main uh, doctrinal beliefs so you, you know, always know what page we're on there. And this is a chance for you to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make my commitment that this is my church, my home church. I'm, I'm making it official. And so we would love for you to do that. And, uh, and of course, as a member, you're able to, as long as you qualify, you can, uh, serve in different areas of the church. Maybe you've been wanting to help out or do something. Then we would love for you to be able to do that. So this is your chance. All right. And now also one final announcement. Don't throw tomatoes at me or anything, but there's no Sunday night service next week. All right. I'll put it down. Put that down. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it's a holiday weekend. And so a lot of the, a lot of us will be out of town that night and have family coming in. So anyway, no Sunday night service next week. All right. Very good. Well, uh, if you are with us tonight for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, we'd like to welcome you. We, uh, this is Heather with our welcome team. She has, uh, some, uh, a welcome gift for you. We've got a, a, a coffee cup and a, gift card to a local coffee shop. So raise your hand real quick. We'd like to welcome you and uh, thank you for being with us. She's got some information about the church for you. And so we would greet you with that. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? I'm not, that's not good enough. Hey, I said, what time is it now? Happy time. Yeah. God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. All right. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. And we're going to open up our Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. Come on. Galatians chapter 6. Yeah. I'm going to wake these people up, Robert. Come on. Galatians 6. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. But Galatians chapter 6. And there's some key truth that we need to always keep in mind right here. I'm in the NLT. Galatians chapter 6. In verse 7 it says... Don't be misled. Well, I'm telling you, I do not want to be misled. The King James says, be not deceived. I don't want to be deceived. It says, you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant or you will always reap what you sow. And so oftentimes I know that, that we're, we're looking at that scripture. We're like, man, I'm ready for a harvest. I'm ready for God to come through. I'm ready for a breakthrough. I need some help. And you should be trusting God, no doubt about it. But you got to remember, you reap what you sow. You don't just reap what you want. And so if you need a harvest coming in in your life of anything, you need to plant some seeds in that area. And that would apply to every area, including your finances, man. If you need financial harvest, you got to plant some seed to get something going. Now, I've got a couple of older brothers that are farmers, 
in uh, in the Midwest. And and you know, every year, come harvest time, towards the end of the year, man, October, they're out there and they they're ready for their harvest. Now, it would be silly for them to just go out there and, and stare at an empty cornfield and be like, man, I can't wait for the harvest. This is going to be a good one. You know what I'm saying, man? And check it out. How silly would it be if they were standing there ready for harvest, but they never planted any seed? Well, I'd have to say, hey, boys, sorry, the harvest ain't coming this year because you didn't plant the seed. And so I'm encouraging us that as we're planting our seed, God will not be mocked. You will reap a harvest. You will reap what you sow, no doubt about it. But we got to plant some seed and able to do that, all right? And so that's good, good news for us tonight. Let's go ahead and stand up together, and we're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. Then we're going to get into some praise and worship and get into the Word of God tonight. Amen. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us as we sing tonight. And you're feel free to join us at the altar up front if you want. Just 
Sing it with a cry of praise.
that you are faithful to us, Lord. You're faithful until the very end. And Lord, we know that you are always beside us everywhere we go. Now, as we were singing there, I was thinking of the, the 23rd Psalm, one of the most famous chapters in the entire Bible, but it ends in verse 6 with this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so that's something that we have to keep in our hearts. And we've got to know that goodness and mercy, they are following us all the days of our life. And God is so good that he's just trying to get his love to you. He's just trying to get his goodness into your life. And when we yield to that, when we surrender and say, you know what? You caught me, Lord. I'm yours. You just watch what he can do in your life. He is a good father to us. Amen. Can we raise our hands and give the Lord some praise tonight? Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you're better to us than we would ever deserve. But we love you and we praise your name. You are good, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you can make your way to your seats tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. As we've said, it's a good 
good day to be in the house of the Lord because every day is a good day. I haven't found a bad one yet to be in God's house singing God's praises. Amen. Well, we're going to have a, 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 like I've said, a really good time tonight. We're going to be getting in to God's word. And uh, if you were here this morning, we talked about the agape love of God. And we saw how God's love is unconditional and how Jesus said in John 13, 34, that we are to love as he loved us. And I encourage you to uh, go back and, uh, and watch that or listen on the podcast if you uh, if you haven't heard that yet. So you can kind of keep up with where we're going there. But tonight the title of the message is this. It's called Surrounded. We're going to talk about being surrounded. And you're like, hey, well, well surrounded by what? Well, listen, we're going to look at a couple of things here in Scripture uh, to show us that we are surrounded. And, uh, and it's in a good way if we're going to look at it uh, from God's perspective. But have you ever been in a situation in life where you're like, man, I just feel like I'm getting hit from every single angle. It's like uh, they're coming at me from over here. I'm getting attacks from over here. My finances are getting attacked. My health, my family, my marriage, everything. I feel like I'm just getting hit on every single side. Well, we've all been there. We've been, we've been in that spot. But the good news is this, is that God is greater and he is surrounding us. If we will, uh, if we'll take a look at that here in a minute, all right? And so the title is Surrounded. And, and, and so I, I pose the question to us tonight, if you're looking at your life and saying, yeah, I'm surrounded. Well, here's the thing. Number one, I'm asking you this. Are you surrounded by enemies? Are, are, is, is that what you're surrounded by? By enemies? And some of you are like, yeah, they're on every side of me right now. And, and no, 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 those aren't your enemies. I'm talking about the devil, okay? So uh, let's look at this. We're going to open up our Bibles tonight to Psalm 22. Psalm 22, amen? And if you've been here on Wednesdays, we are doing a series called Summer in the Psalms. And that's been a lot of fun because the Psalms is just one of my favorite books of the whole Bible. So we're going to be looking at several verses from that tonight. But we're going to be looking here at Psalm 22. And this is a Psalm of David. And one good thing about David is that he did not have trouble expressing his feelings. Now, I found out that with most of us men, we are not very good at expressing our feelings. And all the women said... Well, at least I know my wife probably said amen. But uh, listen, we aren't always so good at, you know, like, I just feel like this today. I just feel this. And David was actually really good at that. And and if you study the book of Psalms, you see that he's really good at describing like, man, I feel like this right now. Or, or man, why? And, and, and so he's better, I would say, than the average male at describing what he's feeling. But look here at Psalm 22. And we're going to look at uh, verse 12 and at verse 16. And so... David, if you read this whole psalm, I mean, uh, he's going through something. He is, he's got people coming at him, uh, and he is just really, uh, not having the best moment of his life. But Psalm 22 and verse 12, he says, my enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Like, whoa, that ain't good. Uh, fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. And sure enough, David was surrounded, man. He always had Saul trying to come after him. He always had somebody ticked off at him. And he's saying, I'm surrounded by my enemies. Look at verse 16. He says, my enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have 
pierced my hands and feet. And so again, he's clearly in a predicament and in a bad situation. But as I read that, there's been times in my life where I could say, man, that describes how I feel right now. I feel like there is a herd of bulls just trying to come get me. And then he says here, his enemies are like a pack of dogs trying to take him down. And uh, we see something interesting here. I've spoken of the Psalms uh, prophesying the Messiah many times. And right here it mentions that they have pierced my hands and feet, which is also a messianic reference to Jesus in the New Testament. But getting back to David right here, have you ever felt like David just said he felt like right there? Am I the only one that is? I, did you think that the fierce bulls of Bashan were coming after you? Do you know what the fierce bulls of Bashan are? I don't either, but it just mentioned it, so I just maybe you knew. Anyone? Okay. So uh, <laughs> you're the preacher. You have all the answers. Well, I'm I'm learning still. So, uh, but we have all felt like, yeah, I'm surrounded, and it feels like they're closing in on us, and it seems like, man, one thing after another just seems to be going wrong, and. And, and there are times and seasons like that, but we also know, as David went, later on went to say, that I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And so even if you are surrounded by a pack of dogs trying to close in on you right now, you got to know where to lift your eyes to. Your help always comes from the Lord. Now, one interesting thing that, you know, we've uh, seen in scripture several times around here is the reference to storms in life. And, uh, and if you look in the Bible, there's, uh, you know, one great example I think of is, uh, three different people that found themselves in storms in scripture and the, all of their storms were caused by different things. All right. And so one of the earliest storms in scripture that I would refer to is in the book of Jonah, Jonah, if you're familiar with that story, found himself in the middle of a bad, bad storm. And the thing with Jonah's storm is he brought it on himself by running away from God and disobeying. And next thing you know, he finds himself in a bad storm. And so I'm sitting there thinking about, man, sometimes I found myself in the storm. And if I were to be honest, I had nobody to blame but myself. I kind of brought that upon myself. But, you know, nobody likes to talk about that. So we'll just move past Jonah's storm. And then we also find in the New Testament where Jesus was in the storm. He tells the disciples, hey, get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side of the water. And midway through their journey, a storm comes and the whole boat is shaking and the disciples are like, Jesus, wake up. Cause Jesus was so cool, calm and collected that the man was literally sleeping through the storm. And I'm like, that is a bold faith filled man right there. That's Jesus. And he's sleeping and the disciples have to wake him up and say, Hey, we're going to drown. And Jesus just gets up and says, peace be still. And he rebukes the storm. And so I look at, at Jesus' storm and I'm like, did Jesus bring this upon himself by his sin? Certainly not, because Jesus never sinned. And so that tells me that some storms we can bring on ourselves, like Jonah did, and then sometimes a storm just happens because the devil is trying to trip you up. Jesus had a destination to get to and the devil didn't want him to get there because as soon as he got to the other side of the lake, he comes across a man that the Bible calls the madman of Gadara, and this man was possessed by the devil. And Jesus comes and he casts the devil out of him, and it's a really cool story. But 
Satan did not want Jesus getting to his destination. And I'm telling you tonight that Satan does not want you getting to your destination. You have a call of God on your life. And you're like, me? I don't know about me. I get it if someone else does. No, you have a call of God on your life. You were born with a purpose. You have a reason for being on planet earth. And so I've heard it said that to the two most important days in a person's life are the day they were born and the day they find out why. And if you don't know why you're here, listen, Jesus will tell you if you'll ask him. And I'm telling you right now, you have a call and you have a purpose. And yeah, the devil doesn't want you fulfilling that purpose because whatever it is, it's to help somebody else out and help them get set free. And then there's another storm in scripture at the end of the book of Acts where the apostle Paul has been, you know, falsely imprisoned. He didn't deserve to be, uh, you know, going to stand trial. But anyway, uh, he's on a boat on his way to stand trial. And one night an angel appears to him and says, hey, there's going to be a really bad storm coming. And so Paul, what does he do? He goes and and he tells the guys that are in charge of the ship. He's like, Hey, the Lord appeared to me and warned me that there's a really, really bad storm coming. And you know, if, if we could change now, we could, we could save ourselves. And of course they're like, yeah, every prisoner says that. Yeah, sure. There's a storm coming. And so they're like, no, you're a prisoner. You're a liar. And sure enough, the storm comes, they are shipwrecked and it's awful. And he's floating with a piece of wood and lands on an island called Malta and uh, God uses them there. But what I learned from this storm is, okay, Jonah's storm, he brought on himself. Jesus storm, the devil sent and this storm, other people kind of brought into his life. And I'm just going to let you know that sometimes the wrong people can bring a storm into your life. But the answer to every storm is always to turn to the Lord and he'll get you out of it. All right. And so, yeah, we may feel surrounded. We may feel like we've got storms going on, but Jesus is always the answer. Can we look at second Corinthians chapter four? Second Corinthians four. Yeah. Are you glad you came tonight? Yeah. All right. Well, we're glad you're here. (laughs) Second Corinthians chapter four, and we're going to look at verses eight and nine. And I remember, um, you know, 2018 was one of those years where it seemed like, hey, I'm surrounded on every side. Seemed like trouble just kept trying to come at us. And, I, you know, that was the year that my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And then he's midway through his chemo treatments. And we're here at, at a, a service one night uh, with Dr. Barclay was here. And my dad's heart and chest start hurting. So we take him to the hospital. And they're like, hey, guess what? You Yeah, you have got cancer, but you also just had a heart attack. And so uh, he had a, like a 99% blockage in his artery. And, uh, and so I'm like, man, this is just all sorts of crazy things keep happening. And it was a, it was a full year of just crazy, but praise the Lord. The storm passed. God is with us. And, uh, and we kept our eyes on Jesus. And now my dad's doing better than ever. And our family and our church is doing better than ever. But the Lord is always, always really, really good. All right. So second Corinthians, we're going to look here at uh, chapter 4 and verses 8 and 9. So we've seen that David talked about, uh, man, I sometimes I just feel like I'm surrounded on every side. And here we have the Apostle Paul talking uh, about the same thing. Second Corinthians 4 verse 8, he says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, 
but we are not crushed. Hey, there it is. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we get up again. No, this doesn't say that. It says, but we are not destroyed. Come on, somebody. I love what he's saying right there. For every time he's like, yeah, we've got this going on, but... God is coming through for us. We may be getting attacked, but we aren't distressed. We may have trouble on one side, but we're not in despair. But God always comes through every single time. We are not abandoned because Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And even if we may feel like we're surrounded by troubles on every side, you got to know this right now. You are not alone. You're never alone when you've got Jesus on your side. And so I love how Paul handled this here instead of saying, but God, it's not fair. Every single time he says, but God is on my side. We're going to make it through this thing. And I can tell you tonight that, hey, you've already survived a hundred percent of the bad days that you've had. You're here tonight. Amen. And with Jesus, it can get even better and better and better. God is so good to us. And a lot of you know my story, but when I was three and a half, I got super sick, right? And then, uh, my parents, they take me to the doctor and, and they find out that they tell, they tell my parents, hey, your son has leukemia. The boy is dying and we've got to get treatment started right away. I mean, I became crippled. I couldn't walk and I was just, you know, it, it unpleasant memories. And, and even to this day, uh, you know, they would do these spinal taps on me and they'd have to have all these nurses. I was only three years old, pin me down and hold me so I couldn't move, but they jabbed this thing up my back and I, I still wear the scars to this day, 30 years later, but praise God. So, uh, so, uh, that was a moment in life that I'm sure my parents could have said, hey, but God, you know, hey, this ain't fair. All we're doing is trying to serve you, and, and then something bad happens. Well, hey, sometimes something bad happens. But they didn't blame God. They didn't run from God. They ran to God. And through the entire thing, man, my dad, he did not leave my side. He was with me. And, uh, you know, he, every single time they'd come in to do a blood transfusion, every single time that they'd come in to, to, you know, uh, get, uh, do a test or something, my dad was there praying for me. And one of the scary things was at this same hospital, this was in Indiana in the, in the 1980s, there was a young boy from the town that I was born in that had, had cancer and went to the hospital and they gave him blood transfusion transfusions. Well, one of the blood donors had AIDS and they pumped AIDS, HIV directly in to this kid's blood system. His name was, you know, Ryan White, but he died from it. And so, you know, that's going to be on my parents' mind throughout the whole thing. Like, okay, we got to do what we got to do, but this is kind of scary. So they prayed over every bit of blood that was put into my body and they just, they stood in faith. They fought the good fight of faith. And then, you know, you've a lot of you heard my story, but one day I'm just sitting there on the table and I feel something pick me up put me on the ground. I hadn't walked in a long time, but I take off running down the hospital hallways and I'm singing a song from my church that we always sing. And the doctor's like, Hey, catch that kid. They catch me. They take my blood and the leukemia was 100% gone. And uh, they're like, Hey, whoa, we just, (laughs) we took his blood yesterday and it was full of cancer. They take it today and it's gone. They've been taking my blood for 30 something years now. No sign of cancer or that I ever even had it. Amen. And so, 
Yes, I trust the Lord. He has been very good in my life. And it's not because I'm just some favorite special person because God has no favorites. My parents trusted the Lord. Look at Psalm 56. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9. Psalm 56 verses 8 and 9. Are you still with me tonight? So Psalm 56. And uh, yeah, man, I again, I just love the Psalms. But Psalm 56 and we're going to look here at verses 8 and 9. Check this out. So David, uh, verse 8 is an interesting verse, and then I really like verse 9. But David says this, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. And so I'm telling you, the Lord knows what's going on in your life. You're, you're not alone. He He's keeping track of your life, and he's there for you. But I love this next verse. Verse 9, he says, My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know. God is on my side. Do you know that that's good news tonight? <laughs> that God is on for you. He's on your side. He's not against you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to make it through the situation that you're in. But you know, I may not know everything, but I do know this. God is on my side. Amen. He's a good father and he wants me to make it. And so as we look at the topic of being surrounded. First of all, we've asked, okay, well, are you surrounded by enemies? And maybe you feel, you know, like you are right now. But then the second thing, the second option is this, or are you surrounded by God? You realize that your outlook on life is very important uh, to to your success. Now, you know, we're not preaching some, you know, mind over matter nonsense, but I am telling you this, that it is very important that you begin to see yourself as God sees you. If you consistently see yourself as a screw up, a loser, or, or, you know, if you just look in the mirror and see all your mistakes of the past 20 years, That's not what God's seeing when he looks at you. He's seeing a son. He's seeing a daughter that he loves very, very much. And yeah, maybe we know we've made mistakes. Maybe we've screwed up, but he's not here to hold that against you or rub your face in your mistakes. He's here to say, hey, let's get out of this thing. There's a better way I can help you. But it's very, very crucial that we have the biblical perspective of our life. And so we're going to look at a, a wonderful story here in second Kings chapter six. So if you could turn me to second Kings chapter six, and this is a really, really awesome story, uh, of, uh, the prophet Elisha. And what happened is, is that, uh, Israel is at, at war with the Aramites and Elisha consistently keeps seeing uh, the game plan, the battle plan. The Lord is showing him what the enemy army is going to do every every step of the of the battle. And so Elisha just goes and tells the king of Israel, like, hey, they're going to come in from the south and they're going to try to do this. And so Israel's always one step ahead. And so the enemy finds out about this and they're like, you know what? All we got to do is kill the prophet. And then we'll be able to take Israel down. And so that's their whole goal. So they send an entire uh, a force to come and get uh, the prophet Elisha. And uh, and so we, we're going to see here what happens whenever uh, they get there. So 2 Kings chapter 6, 
In verse 14, it says, so one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. And so that would be an intimidating thing. You wake up and get out of the house one morning. You've got like helicopters overhead. You've got tanks coming in from one direction. You've got a whole fortified army approaching. And everywhere you look, there is an enemy coming at you. And so this young man's like, oh my gosh, what in the world are we going to do right now? But I love what Elisha has to say. He says, Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there's more on our side than on theirs. And I'm going to show you here, you better realize that you may think, yeah, well, I've got two dozen enemies. Well, you realize that you've got more angels and God's army on your side than all the devils that are against you. And so verse 17, then Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And so what are we talking about? This is what scripture calls the heavenly host or the angelic army. This is the army of heaven. And you better realize that this is a real thing. And if you're like, well, I don't believe in angels. Well, fine. That doesn't make them any less real. Angels are real. Psalm 34 tells us that the angel of the Lord is a guard and he surrounds and defends all who fear him. And, 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 and this key moment right here for just a, just a brief moment of time, this young man, the Lord opened up his spiritual eyes where he could really see, uh, you know, what's really going on. And I, and I've often like, man, if we could just see, if you could see for five seconds, the angels that surround you and the army of God that is real and that is there for you, you would be absolutely amazed and astounded. This is real. And so what did Elisha say? He said, Hey, don't be afraid. There's more for us than there are against us. And you need to know that tonight. You may feel like, yeah, everyone's against me. No, 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 no. There's more for you than there is against you. And as Romans chapter eight says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. And so that's all I need right there. If God is for me, who can be against me? So uh, you may say, well, I'm surrounded by enemies. Well, you know what? You're also surrounded by the army of God, you've got to start changing your perspective in life. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so I'm telling you, you need to have a right perspective of you, your life, and your situation. Uh, let's look here at Isaiah chapter 26. Man, I love Isaiah, so I can't help but go to Isaiah tonight. Isaiah 26, we're going to look at a few verses there, and then we'll wind things down. Isaiah 26, and this is an absolutely incredible verse, but... Again, if you could just have your eyes really opened for just a brief moment of time and see that there's more for you than there is against you, it would change everything in your life. 
You know, would you walk with more confidence if you, you know, had your a personal security detail around, you know, you're surrounded by the Marines on every side. Would you have a little bit more confidence? I mean, yeah, you would, the playground bully would come and try to steal your lunch and like, hey, you get through these guys, you can have it, but good luck. <laughs> it, it ain't happening. And so you need to know that it, the army of God is just as real and, and surrounding you on every single side. Isaiah 26. And we're going to look at verse 1. It says, In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are what? Surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. So you are surrounded on all four sides by the walls of God's salvation. You have a constant fortress and refuge all around you on every single side. Do you think Satan can penetrate that wall? No. Do you think your boss, who's really rude and stinky and mean, can penetrate that wall? Well, he's trying right now. Oh, no, no, stop that. No, he can't break through the wall. Can your neighbors, can the people that don't like you break through the walls of God's salvation? No, absolutely not. And so the walls of God's salvation, Satan cannot break through the wall. God will not break down the wall and you must not break down the wall. The only way, hey, you can step outside of the walls of God's salvation. You can choose to, uh, you know, go do your own thing. And sometimes when I've done that, that's when I've got myself in a little bit of trouble, but it's not because God wanted me to get in trouble. It's because I did like Jonah and said, hey, you know what? I'll do my own thing. And so I've invited it into my life. But look here at verse three, Isaiah 26, verse three, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. And so what I love about this verse is God doesn't just promise us peace because peace is wonderful, but he promises us perfect peace. It says he will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on him. And I know this much, when I'm thinking about the Lord, I've got perfect peace in my life. There's no time that I spend time with God and I'm like, man, I, I just, I don't have any peace at all. No, when you're spending time with the Lord, when your thoughts and your mind is fixed on him, he promises that we will have perfect peace. And you know, one thing that I, you know, that oftentimes that uh, it, it, it may sound a little harsh, but it's the absolute truth. The only way we don't have perfect peace is because our thoughts aren't fixed on him. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound very nice to say. It's the truth because the scripture tells us that if our thoughts are fixed on him, we will have perfect peace. And so I've had people say, well, my thoughts are always fixed on him and yet I don't have perfect peace. Well, the only explanation is then they're not. Uh, they're not fixed on because if our thoughts and our mind and our heart is fixed on him, we are going to have the perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. And I want to look at one last verse tonight. It's Isaiah chapter 33, Isaiah chapter 33. And I'm trying to tell you that you may feel like you're surrounded by troubles and by the enemy, but I can tell you, you are surrounded by the army of God. So Isaiah 33, and we're going to look here 
at verse 21, Isaiah 33. And we're going to look here at verse 21. And this is just a, a powerful, wonderful verse for us. Isaiah 33 and verse 21. It says, the Lord will be our mighty one. Do you know that tonight? That the Lord is our mighty one. He will be like a wide river of protection that no enemy can cross. That no enemy ship can sail upon. And so I know this much that I am promised that the Lord is a wall all around me and he is a mighty wide river of protection that no enemy can cross, that no enemy ship can sail upon. And so it tells us the Lord's our mighty one, not someone else, not you yourself. You know, it's, hey, it's nice to be strong, but listen, there eventually you face something that you're not strong enough to handle. We know that. But you will never face anything that God is not strong enough to handle. And so God Almighty Himself is personally seeing to it that you're safe and protected as long as we're sticking close to Him. And as we can see tonight, God's gone to great lengths to surround us on every side. But you need to know that he not only surrounds us with the angels and with himself, because he does, but a really great thing is he will surround you with the right people in your life to help keep you going the right direction. And that's why I believe having a church family is so important because you begin to surround yourself with the right people. And you need to know that it is important to have the right people in your life. Because if you surround yourself with the wrong people, negative people, people that don't have any faith at all, I mean, that is, when it comes to the heat of the battle, you're not in a good spot right there. It's very, very vital that we surround ourselves with people of faith, just like you are. People that trust God, where you can say, you know what, I'm having a really rough day. I need somebody to pray for me. And you've got somebody right there that has your back at all times. And and I encourage you, and you know, like so many of you uh, do, to keep surrounding yourself with people of faith, with church family, people that are always going to be there for you and help you fight the battles in your life. And so, yes, Jesus went to great lengths to surround and protect us. And, and uh, I mean, going all the way to the cross, we'll never fully comprehend all that he did to make a way for us. But I know this much. I all I all I got to do is I got to thank Jesus every single day. He has saved my life. He has saved my family. He has saved my church. He has constantly been there for us. And so anytime that I feel like, man, I'm surrounded right now, I just got to open up my eyes and see that I'm surrounded by the armies of God Almighty. And that's even more important. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and have us stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll have Josh come up here and uh, we're going to take a few minutes to to worship the Lord. And, you know, it's, it's, it's important that as we worship God tonight and as we close things out that, that we take a minute and, and try to reflect on how good the Lord's been to us because He has been really, really good in our lives. And so 
the biggest thing I can say is this, though, is, is that, you know, maybe you're here and you're like, well, hey, I don't feel like I'm surrounded by the armies of God and, and I don't feel like I just have any hope for things getting better. Well, I can tell you that it doesn't have to stay that way and that the most important step that we can take to begin a change in our life, because we know that change is a process. I mean, very rarely does just everything change instantly overnight, but there's steps to take to changing your life. And the biggest and most important and the very first step is having the right relationship with Jesus. And so maybe you're like, yeah, well, I did that. And I kind of walked away from that. Well, hey, listen, God's not mad at you. He's not here to say, you know, hey, why'd you do that? He's here to say, hey, Come on back. I got you. I'm here for you. Or maybe you would be here tonight and, and you're like, well, I've just, I've, I've never really done the God thing. Well, hey, we want to make sure that you have the opportunity tonight to receive Jesus. We're getting ready to baptize two young ladies here in a minute. And I was just talking to them and, uh, and, and that's, that's, the decision that they've made. They say, no, I've received Jesus and, and I'm living my life for him now. And so I'd like to pray with everybody that's with us tonight and make sure that you've got that same opportunity because we, we realize we're not always promised tomorrow. We, we never know what's going to happen from one day to the next anymore. And I want to make sure that you've had that decision. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes for just a minute tonight? And I'd invite you uh, to, to pray with me, to repeat this prayer with me. And again, maybe you're like, well, I've done that before. Well, hey, let's do it again. Let's make sure that we've got things right with the Lord. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Father, I thank you for this group of people that are here tonight. And I know that you have reached their hearts. You've tried to get a hold of them. And I pray that they would yield to you. And and, and if there's any pride that needs laid down, if, if, there's, if there's any hardness of heart that needs softened, Lord, I pray that you are working on that and doing that right now. And now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'd ask you to repeat this prayer after me tonight. And if you say it and you mean it, you got to know that Jesus is in your heart. Pray this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus, that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. I promise to live for you now. Give me another chance. Give me the strength to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise together tonight? Hallelujah. And if you are here and, and you did pray that and you and you meant it, uh, we would love to be here for you. Uh, we don't want to just give you a prayer and say, hey, good luck. Hope you make it. No. What we do is is uh, is, is we want to we want to give you every chance to succeed in your faith. And if you prayed that, what we do is is we can hook you up with somebody that we call a spiritual personal trainer where they would take the next 30 days to text you every day and pray for you every day and and say, hey, is you know what? What can I do to help you uh, make it in your life for Jesus? And so, Jose, can I have Jose stand up? He's probably in the back there. All right, Jose, stand up for me, brother. This is Jose. Everyone, say hi, Jose. So if, if you are here and, and you, and again, and you're in that spot where you'd say, yeah, I prayed it and I'm looking to get on the right track. I'd like you to go see Jose here in just a minute and, uh, and he'll get your information and we will get somebody to contact you and do everything that we can to help you make it in your faith. Amen. All right. I'm going to have my prayer team come on up tonight. 
I need my prayer team. And uh, what we're going to do, uh, I'm going to I'm going to have uh, Pastor Katie here, and uh, and and if you need prayer. You come on up. Uh, we're getting ready to do our baptisms here in just a few minutes. And maybe you're like, well, I don't need any prayer. That's fine. Just worship the Lord for a few minutes tonight as we get ready for baptisms. Amen. Go ahead. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame But wholly trust in Jesus' name Christ alone, cornerstone Weak made strong Savior's love Through the storm He is Lord Lord of all seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil
Christ alone, a cornerstone, a weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Sunday night baptisms, and uh, so we're just really excited uh, uh, to be able to do this tonight. And it's a very, very important moment in uh, in these two young ladies' lives because, again, this is uh, their chance to make a public declaration of their faith and you know tell everybody publicly, "Hey, I belong to Jesus now, and I'm not ashamed of it, and I'm ready to live my life for Him." And so. Very, very big and important moment. And so we thank everybody for being here and celebrating with us tonight, all right? And so, all right, first of all, we have Ruth uh, that's getting baptized tonight, so let's hear it for Ruth. All right, she's a little sister, all right? And uh, and so we're excited. She's been joining us on Sunday nights, too, with Trish. And, uh, and so we're just excited to see all that God has in store for her as she uh, goes on, the, you know, the, this next chapter and phase of her life with Jesus. So really big moment here. So let me ask you a couple of questions, Ruth, okay? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I have. Do you believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? I do. Okay. I'm going to have you step forward right here. All right. Go ahead. And there we go. Then upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Woo! Woo! 
Trish, come on down. Yeah. All right, very good. And we're excited for Trish. I know she's been waiting on this for a little while. <laughs> and the water is a little cold, so. <laughs> but praise the Lord. So Trish has just become a wonderful part of our church family, uh, especially here on the Sunday nights. And I know that she loves the Lord and is uh, really seeking after him with all of her heart. So we're really, really uh, excited that we're uh, getting to share this moment with her. And this is a really big step uh, in her faith journey right here. So we're really, really proud and happy to be doing this tonight. So Trish, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Do you believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? Yes, I do. Okay, then I'll have you step forward right here. All right, go ahead and hold your nose. Then upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> All right. Well, we are really excited for these two young ladies, and we'll do everything we can to help them on uh, the next steps of their journey with Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for sticking around for that. All right. Praise God. And, of course, we'll be doing baptisms again here in a few months. If you'd like to get baptized, we would love to be able to baptize you. All right? I'm going to have Brother Josh here go ahead and close out in prayer and the Barstow Faith Confession. So why don't we all stand up again one more time together tonight? Amen? All right. Thank you, everybody. We love you. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and close out to prayer. Today has just been a very exciting day. We baptized several people this morning, and then we realized that we have a lot of people that come Sunday nights and don't come Sunday morning, so we wanted to do Sunday night baptisms as well. So this was very a very exciting day to let people just dedicate their lives completely to the Lord. So let's just go ahead and bow our heads, and we'll pray, and then we'll say the Barstow Faith Confession. Uh, Father God, in Jesus' name, we just love you, Lord God, and we thank you uh, that you did call us to make disciples of every creature, Lord God, and to baptize people, Lord God, and we're excited to be able to do that today, uh, just to take a chance to, to fulfill that part of the Great Commission that you gave to us. So help us to just uh, take that and continue to... Uh, to take that making disciples everywhere we go, Lord. Uh, and for anybody that dedicated their hearts to the Lord tonight, Lord, we just ask that you'd strengthen them and uh, help us as a church family to uh, disciple and to help them grow. Uh, now, as we go our separate ways, we just ask that you'd uh, keep us in your love, Lord God. Uh, help us to continue to to grow in you, Lord. And uh, we just ask that you'd bring us back safely Wednesday and again next Sunday as well. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're dismissed.